0: Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Footnotes and Fairy Tales with me, Damien Fox, the platform that hopes to showcase the people of Newry and their stories. My guest today is a wonderful young man and hugely inspiring. He ran 108 miles from Belfast to Dublin to raise money for the fight for Alfie. Both his story and Alfie's is one of resilience and perseverance. So I'm delighted to introduce to you today, Marty Fox. Marty, thanks very much for joining me.
1: Damien, thanks for having me.
0: I really appreciate you taking the time. What was your relationship with little Alfie and why ultimately did, did you choose to do
1: to do that? Um, well, no relationship really. Just um, over the past while, I've seen different people raising funds for him to help him out and different wee things, you know, white collar boxing and things like that there. And I've always sort of kept an eye on him, if you know what I mean, and um, admired him and, and the people that helped him out and all that sort of thing. And um I'd say to Neve that I'd love to do something for 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 Charity but for, for Alfie, you know, sometime. And we're doing these mad events and that I just thought it'd be nice to try and help him out, you know. So that's really I reached out to them then and went from there.
0: And did you have an opportunity to meet Alfie before before you, you, you uh took on the challenge?
1: I did, yeah. I contacted his uh, his mum and dad and that and they invited me up to their house and we went up and met them and met Alfie and met them a few times then before, as we were doing the fundraising, met up with the few, with them a few times, you know, and was up at the house and stuff with them. So got to know them pretty well, yeah.
0: And, I mean, of all things that you could have done to raise money for charity, I mean, you could have <laughs> chosen... <laughs> to simply yeah. run a marathon. Um, but what you effectively done was you ran the yeah. equivalent of just over four marathons in 24 yeah. hours. So why did you decide to, to take on something like that?
1: Uh, I don't really... You you know what we're like, Damien, and you know that we're like a challenge. So that's probably... I like, I like something that I think and other people think I'm not going to be able to do. You know, um, So if, if I have doubts that I'll be able to do it, and other people obviously have doubts that I'll be able to do it, I sort of uh, I thrive off that if you know what I mean and, and I just thought it would be very interesting and it's out of the ordinary obviously you know it's, it's a lot bigger than just a marathon or whatever so just thought I'd take a stab at that you know
0: Absolutely um, I mean I, I remember at the time my sisters sent me a link that I could follow your run and I'm not one for social media so I didn't really understand fully what you were taking on until they sent me the message yeah. so and then I try to put it in context. It's like oh, so, 108 miles. That's 173 kilometers. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's that's over four mar- <laughs> That's over four yeah. marathons in in 24 hours, and you finished it yeah. in under 23, which is remarkable. Um, how much training did you do in the build up to that, or what what condition were you already in?
1: Well, that's a, that's, that's a funny one because um, as Mick mentioned, the brother of Mick mentioned in in his interview with you that we're in the lead up to I think it was a Dublin or Belfast, one of the Belfast marathon, Dublin marathon, maybe, and I I pulled out because I wasn't training, wasn't on track, training properly, as you'd say, and um, so I wasn't really in great shape. I wasn't in unreal shape, you know, and it was only really five to six weeks out from it that I really started putting a bit of work in and training, you know, sort of putting putting the graft in for it. Like it was only about five or six weeks when I decided to do it, then I had no choice but to train, so. I was tipping away bits and pieces of training, but not much, you know, beforehand. So, in five, six weeks, really, just got the head of it and started training, you know.
0: I remember speaking to Michael uh, when I interviewed him, and he had said, essentially, that he had asked you, you know, were well, you going to compete in Dublin or Belfast, whatever. You, yeah. And you said you said to him that, no, I don't think <laughs> I'd be ready in time. And then within a week, you've texted him to say, listen, I'm going to run from Belfast to Dublin, Yeah, uh, which is remarkable. Yeah, it
1: was, it, it, it was a crazy decision. Like, it was just, spur of the moment, you know, just thought, yeah, let's go for it, you know, out of the ordinary and something mad. So just thought we'd do it, like, you know, go that's, for it.
0: That's what I admire about you. And whilst I don't have perhaps the ability and certainly I'd probably past running 108 miles, but I have that impulse just to yeah. do, do shit that potentially go people don't think I can do.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And I respect that quality completely. Yeah. Um, I remember my brother, uh, who you know all too well, um, he, he told me a story about a, a young lad in, in college or University of Belfast that had gone out on the piss and was absolutely, you know, wasted. Came home, you know, relatively late, early hours of the morning and was due to sit a philosophy exam the, the very next morning. So the guy goes into the exam absolutely dying with a hangover and probably still drunk. And the philosophy question in the exam was why, just simply why.
1: Yeah.
0: But the lad was, he was not fit to stay and sit the exam. So he quite, he just simply wrote in the paper next to the question, why. He said, why not? <laughs> and that's good enough. <laughs> and he left and he passed and got an A. He Brilliant.
1: Exam. Brilliant.
0: Um, I mean, the reason I bring that up is because very often we, we, we talk ourselves out of doing things.
1: But yeah, exactly.
0: As it relates to you and uh, to some degree, me, I, I also say to myself, why not? You know, yeah. There's always gonna be a reason not to do something, but ultimately yeah.
1: you need to find a reason to yeah. do it. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah.
0: I wanted to move on then and ultimately talk about the, the challenge itself. Uh yeah. I obviously did, did did a little bit of reading, I you know, because I've seen that the new democrat and, and other things picked up on it before and after. Yeah. Um I'd seen you had said that within th- the the first thirty miles were effectively difficult.
1: Um, why was yeah. that? It was very warm. Sorry. Okay, so it, it, was, it was it was very it was a very warm day. I think it was about it was high twenties. It was hot, like you know, it was a hot summer's day. And I remember thinking to myself on the way down the road, I said to my wife and even in in the car, my mum was like, God, it's very warm here. This could be it's good it's not raining, but it was hot, like it was very hot. And for the first the first Twenty to thirty miles, I ran like I was running a marathon. I, I wasn't running like I was running one hundred eight miles. I remember my brother Mick. He actually rang me. I think it was about twenty mile in, and my phone rang, and he said, "Jesus, man, what are you doing? You need to slow down. You need to you need to take it easy. You're going to be running all night, you know." And I thought, myself, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Just sort of got I carried away, you know, and went a wee bit too hard at the start. I would say until my body decided to slow me down, you know, but yeah, it was. but it was very, very warm. And we ran along right along the, the carriageway and stuff. So you were out in the open, there wasn't much shade or shelter, you know. So the first, the first part of it was definitely hard. Yeah. And you got settled in.
0: Like when, when you look to, to take on something like that, like logistically, like how well planned can that be? Like, do, do you have set points along the way that I'm going to stop here? This is what I'm going to eat. This is the kind of the calorie intake I need to, Sustain in order
1: to get me through. Kind of, yeah. You kind of sort of have a bit of a plan, but not something something as mad as that. You, you can't really. You just sort of have to wing it and go go with the go with the flow. You know, um. My wife, Neve, and a few other had a crew, a great brilliant crew with me. You know, the whole way, they drove along with me. The whole way it was me, aunt and my uncle, Neve's uncle Charlie, and obviously my wife, Neve. They were with me, never left my side the whole way, and um, I had the car stocked up with food for a month, never mind, all night, and everything I needed, different shoes, different clothes, and they were on the ball every time um, wondering when I wanted to stop, and if I stopped, you know, drink, food, change, but uh, early on, I didn't stop as, almost as much as I should have. Mm-hmm. I sort of just soldiered on, you know, and, and plowed on and didn't really stop stop all that much, but just sort of trying to eat when you can eat and drink plenty, you know, I drank loads, and I didn't it was hard to eat you know obviously you know yourself it's hard when you're running and stuff like again. It's very hard to sit down and eat a sandwich and then get up and run again, you know, so you're just nibbling at things but trying to get in enough to keep you going,
0: yeah you know enough
1: feeling to keep you going like
0: I think I'd seen uh, in what I read is that you'd already competed and done a hundred miles in twenty four hours before this, so you had a sense of 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 what to expect. How did you find that first experience?
1: yeah, that's yeah, the first one was uh. It was a last one stand, you call it. So it was it was like laps of a... It was a 4.2 mile lap. So you, you did... your. It started every hour. So you had a 4.2 mile lap starting at 12. And you'd complete your 4.2 mile lap in as quick as you wanted to complete it. And then you'd have to go again at 1, go again at 2. So say, I was coming in in about 47 minutes. And I had about say, 13 minutes or whatever it was to, to sit down, relax, get a drink, get a bite to eat and go again. So it was a lot more relaxed. It was kind of planned out for you because you took breaks every, you took a break every hour, roughly a 10 minute break every hour.
0: Okay.
1: Um, compared to the Belf- the Belfast of Dublin, it was just, it was more like a free for all. You, you, you sort of had to stop when you wanted to stop and it was hard to know. It was hard for me to try and figure out when should I stop, when shouldn't I stop? Should I keep going? Should I eat now? It's very hard to try and figure out what to do, you know. So it was very different. And, and I'd say it was more than twice as hard the Belfast to Dublin than the other one was. Oh. And it was roughly the same distance, you know.
0: And and what, if anything, did you learn from that, that first experience? Like like what, what physical toll did that take on your body?
1: Well, uh, for, from one that I, I learned how strong I was that I didn't think I, I was able to go on, you know, um, yeah, but over time you just get tired and everything starts to hurt. You know, no matter how fit you think you are, after so long with no sleep and not much food and just pounding all the time, you just start to get sore and it just your body just becomes a piece of mess. Like you know, and takes a lot of recovery.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Like, so when you when you finish something like that, you know, if we talk specifically about the first one, like, how long? What what kind of recovery period are we looking at?
1: uh well, I'd say probably I'd say you probably don't recover for a few weeks like but okay in in a sense of being able to walk and I'd say it was two or three days before I was walking, probably you know, and there's a couple of days off work um because obviously I work on a building site and you'd be grafting hard enough at work, you know, so with a few days off work just to come back around, but it, it's a day or two before you're able to get down the stairs like you know properly so but, um,
0: that that first experience I would imagine. You've obviously learned enough about yourself, both physically and mentally, but yeah. that, that's given you the confidence that when you when you go to undertake Dublin, or Belfast to Dublin, that you know yeah. it, that you can effectively do it. You, there, was yeah. no, there was nothing in your mind going into that, that you felt like, you know, can I do this? Can I not?
1: Oh, there definitely was. Yeah, the doubts were there. Like, they're always there, you know. And I knew it was going to be slightly different because it was it was constantly on the go. Like you start in Belfast and you finish in Dublin, away you go. It's not like in the in the other one is like a camp. We had a tent set up and people that are making food for you and all that sort of thing. It's very it's much more relaxed, if you know what I mean. And the Belfast to Dublin is just you just set off and you go. And knew it was going to be harder, but I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it was with the weather and all the different things came into it, you know, just, it was, it was, it was horrendous, like I have to say, but we got it done anyway. I was,
0: I was going to move on then because yeah, I'd seen that The first 30 miles were difficult for you. Obviously there was that extreme heat or or that heat that caused problems for you. But when you move on then, I understand that during the night, the weather turned and it was absolutely horrendous.
1: Yeah, it was horrendous. I'd say around just, I think just before, We came into Newry, I think it was maybe points pass or something like that. It started the the weather started turning, you know, and um, from points pass to Newry, that spell the the rain came on real heavy and we got soaked. Like, and we came into Newry and I remember Niamh and my mum and that saying, "You need to get changed, get the wet clothes off." And I was thinking to myself, "Well, there's not much point." five minutes times I'm going to be soaked again you know yeah. and I came on and just got worse and worse and worse and it was all through the night until about I would say four or five in the morning changed a wee bit then again sort of dried up but it rained it rained non-stop most of that night like Yeah. and that yeah. was horrendous
0: I'd seen something on Facebook where I don't know if it's a meme or something but it's it's a group of people in a swimming pool but because it's raining, <laughs> they're, they're huddled under an umbrella. What's the yeah. fucking point, you know? What's the point? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, w- when you get to the early hours of the morning, like, at what point do you, do you hit, like, that perhaps a physical wall and, and a mental wall, where like you start to question yourself?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question because the, the, another thing that I learned was I, I didn't think you could be on the ropes, as in be completely fucked, as and come back. as many times in one in one event without actually recovering you know like i i can't even tell you how many times that i thought but that's it i'm done and then i would come back come back around do another bit and see him again then so like you hit the wall uh, you hit the wall so many times i did that time anyway so many times throughout the night so just on and off on and off but i'd say from about midnight from about midnight it was just bucketing down rain and um, more until I think it was done. Layer, done. had a real rough patch, and I knew because my family were looking at me, and, are, are you okay? Quiet? and I okay, quit, and I thought to myself, I'm obviously bad here because they're, I can see that they're worried, kind of thing, you know. And um, I hit a wall at that stage, but different points, I was coming back a wee bit. I was talking to myself, going, Yeah, you'll be all right, you know. Come on, just push through this bit, and it'll be all right. And it was, it it was rough at times, and I came back around and. You know, but there was a few points where I thought that I wasn't going to go any further. You know, but That's, eighty, and 80 three different points, like
0: yeah. I want to understand. Like, obviously, like you said, there was there was points along the way that you felt I can't continue here. But and you said you come around again. But like, what do you attribute that to? That that you were able to to bounce back and can keep yourself going forward. Like, is that is that just purely psychological or obviously physically? Um, you need to be able
1: to- I think it's. I think it is more. My head that got me through it because, for example, there was one. There was one point in it where, like I said, I think it was eighty miles, maybe just outside Dublin. I think it could have been four o'clock in the morning something along those lines. And I had pulled in at a point, and I was I was in, in bad shape for an hour, maybe two hours beforehand. You know, and I remember uh, my wife and my mum saying, "Listen, you don't have to." put yourself through this you know you've tried you've you've done you've done what you can do and blah 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 and I was sort of wanting to hear that I was going yeah maybe you're right you know wanting to stop and just my body. just felt like my whole body was shutting down I was just getting a harder lift each foot you know just got harder and harder and harder and I sort of I sat down and thinking yeah just outside Dublin I can't remember it was around 80 miles and I sat down and sort of thought myself I don't know what I don't know if I'm fit to get back up again you know and um Nave's uncle, um, Charlie is actually a boxing coach, you know. I used to box in my younger days. So Charlie took me aside away from the women that were worried, obviously. And Charlie sat me down, typical in the co- like it was like being in the corner of the ring again, you know. He just says, Change your footwear and you know, we drink a coffee or something in there and there's a big downhill stretch here now. Get down it and see what way you are after that and I just go with it, you know. I just got up, I had a cup of coffee, Nave changed my runners and stuff and I just got up and started moving again, you know. That was just the switch, just flick the switch. Just, I just needed to hear that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, you touched upon it there. We we, we look for the the path of least resistance, that that comfort, yeah. and it's easy yeah. to go that. It's easy to yeah. go that way. But what's remarkable, what you did is that you were able to continue to push yourself forward, yeah. even in you know incredible pain or discomfort. Yeah. next Time you picked yourself up. What What did you learn about yourself, if anything? I mean, obviously, you've been through the hundred mile before, but this you find. Perhaps more difficult, but did you learn something else about yourself in terms of how strong you were? The
1: the fact that it was that it was able to push through that mentally, more so, you know, like that I was able to get up and like I know how bad I was, and it was only it was only after, obviously after that, uh, my aunt and uncle were also there and they drove behind me in a lot of the darker roads. There's no lights, like I was just running by myself in the rain with a head torch on for miles and miles, and they were driving behind me because they were worried about cars coming. Behind, you know, not seeing me, maybe, and they had said to me only, only after it was all over and done that, I, when I got up and gathered myself and took off again, in my head, I just made my way again. You know, I thought I'm flying here again, and they had said to me they were driving behind me, and I didn't realize how slow I was moving or what way I was moving, but they had said that my feet weren't even lifting; they were just trailing. Oh, yeah. I, was just, I was literally trailing my feet, but I was just in my head that I'm going here. You know, I'm moving, and I came round. Slowly came around again, but just the the thing that I learned most was that I was mentally able just to pass through that, you know, because my body was done several times, like, and I just pushed on, tried my best, you know, and kept moving forward like
0: yeah I, I guess I was trying to understand um like the physical toll that would have taken on you, and it, i and granted much of what I've learned is from Google, um, mm-hmm. but they'd say it effectively when you when you run a marathon you burn. 2,500, 2, 2,600 calories. So yeah. you you've effectively burned ten thousand plus calories in yeah. doing that, which has taken a, a remarkable toll on your body. And you do you do you even think that you offset that with taking the same calories back on? Or you probably didn't even like the average. The I, I would say I didn't I
1: didn't bring I didn't take on enough. I know for a fact I didn't take on enough throughout the event. Like on. Um, I'd say after like the, the things that, that happen to you like headaches and dizziness and you know that's just all part of not having enough fuel in you and, and putting your body through that like there was a few points where I think uh, my brother Mick mentioned it in his interview that he had, he had uh, Mick had come up to me I think it was between Yuri he was working that day so he couldn't be there at the start but he came up to me and he ran along with me for been eight miles and talked to me sort of getting me set up for the night shift as he'd say and um I remember him saying to me you know, just he's a great he's a great motivator, as you know, Mac, you know, he, he um, in all the running I've done, he's always been the one that led me, you know. If if I need, if I wanna ask something or anything about it, I'll go to him, you know. And he he took me along and he was saying, trying to get me set up for the night, he was saying like, um, this is gonna get rough, you know, and it's gonna get ropey and people have seen things and, you know, hallucinating. Really. and he was getting me sort of fired up, and I was laughing. Oh well, yeah, know, you know, our like, that's grand. Yeah, don't Not happening to me, you know, that sort of thing. And obviously, if I'm not taking enough food and just the body being wiped out, uh there was one point where I, I was running along black, dark roads and lashing and rain. I remember running. It could have been three or four in the morning, and I remember running, looking, going, see four lads sitting with rock on them. You know, pissing in there he's doing, that. and they didn't wait back, and I was going fucking hell. That's pathetic. Like wouldn't even say hello to you, you know? And I get on up a bit, and I says to me, "What the fuck what are they doing? I wonder them boys." He says, "What are you talking about? These oh, four lads are. They must be waiting to go to work, like you know, three or four in the morning." And then she looked at my mum, and my uncle was there as well. And then I think he went back. He actually went back. They were all panicking, and I think he went back, and he came up and he says. You need to get something some food into you. There's nobody sitting on that wall. And I remember thinking, What the hell are you talking about now? So obviously started to think things and see things that weren't even there, you know. Yeah.
0: Um Man. Uh, when you looked at like I, I don't know what you, where you were set up for that run. I mean, were you listening to music or anything along the way?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was a lot of it I had music on and yeah, a good part of it I had music. Different things. It's crazy. Like when you're when you're by yourself for that that amount of time, and when you're struggling on and off, you like it's you're just kind of talking to yourself. You know, telling yourself things in your head. You're you're flying here. It's going to be dead on. You're you're, you're doing well. It's it's crazy. Like the things you be thinking in your head. And but a lot of it I did have a music on. You know, and obviously my crew, like my wife and that, they were all there beside me. And if you, every so often they would pull in, and I would stop for a minute or two and have a chat with them. You know touch base and see how it was and see how it was feeling and tell him it was okay and that, you know. But a lot of it I did music, it, it helped. Like.
0: Yeah, I was trying to understand because, I, I mean, I would watch David Goggins and, and people like that to try and, you know, motivate myself to get off the couch and do even uh, a couple of kilometres. But um, I understand, like, him in particular, he doesn't even like listening to music.
1: Yeah, that's... yeah. There's
0: an element of that sick fucker that he likes to yeah, yeah. To, you know? yeah. Um, he likes to pee uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so yeah.
0: But I, I understand, part of me understands that because I've started running again, and granted, I've just got to the 5K mark, which is, I guess, the equivalent of 30. Brilliant. Minutes. Um, when I look at that comparative to what you did, like literally, I did 5K a couple of days ago and I literally had to go and lie down afterwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, believe me, at the minute, at the minute uh, we got married there three months ago, and from there I haven't been doing a whole pile. So I've just been getting back out this few weeks, yeah. and four, five, six miles feels very tough for me at the minute too. So it, yeah. it's crazy how much you can you can like when you stop for a while. You, as you know, when you stop for a while, like it takes it takes hard work to get back to yeah. even going for a five k run or anything like that. You know, it, it, it takes work and build it up like.
0: But yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to say I'm thoroughly enjoying it, and I mean, primarily yeah. for me, yes, there's health benefits and losing weight and stuff, but it's about it's about ma- mental health, you know, clearing out the cobwebs. Yeah. And, and, and I know exactly you
1: know, where you're coming from, yeah.
0: But I suppose why I'm talking about this because there's there's part of it that I do enjoy the misery.
1: Yeah, the like, suffering.
0: Yeah, I strangely there's you know, there's a point I guess along the 5K where like this is very uncomfortable, but in my mind it. I've, I've decided. <laughs> this isn't going to stop me. You know, this isn't enough of a deterrent for me to stop. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to beat this. And more often than not, whilst it's not a physical, it's a mental thing telling you, you know, you can just stop. You can walk. You don't need to finish this. You're not racing. There's nobody watching you. Uh, Part of me me wants to, I guess, quiet that voice and tell it to to shut the fuck up effectively. Uh, (laughs) And and that's the greater victory for me uh, is, Mm -hmm. is quiet that negative voice. Um, if I could just go back, like, at what point along that 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 journey did did you think, okay, I'm I'm gonna finish this? Like, how many miles in were you like, I've yeah. got this?
1: Uh, well, you see, I had at different points it, it was coming and going because uh, there was points of it where I was like, I'm smashing this, you know. But like, you could be thinking that it's is fifty mile, Dude. and you still have almost sixty to do. So you could be saying I'm this is I I have this in the bag, you know. And then uh, within a mile, you could be saying, Oh fuck, I'm bit, you know. It, it just, it, it's mad how quick it can come on you. Within a half a mile, you can be saying, oh, Jesus, I'm gone here. And it was uh, uh, from the real rough, rough patch I had uh, where I was almost stopped. Um, so that it was nearly like the closer I got, the closer I got, the more it was fueling me. Like, you know, to, like where I was really in trouble, I, I could hardly lift my feet, lift my legs. like, And the closer I had got, I was like, I hey, actually, I'm going to do this. I'm going to finish this. And I started, my wife when that's, said that um, I started actually getting quicker. You know, I started to come back again, and I was cheering, and, you know, full of energy, and was starting to get quicker. And the more I realized that, the closer I got, I realized, like, right, say, I'm only 20 miles away. I'm not stopping now, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I'm only 15 miles away. There's no way I'm stopping now. I'll, I'll crawl if I have to, you know. So the closer I got, the more I realized that I have this, you know. Yeah.
0: So, as it relates to yourself, and this is probably something you're very aware of yourself now, but like, how mentally strong are you as a person?
1: I wouldn't, uh, well, I, in my opinion, I don't think, I didn't think that I was really at all, but obviously doing something like that, obviously doing something like that, you have to be, you know, and, and I am like I would be, but in my opinion, I don't think really I am, but obviously, uh, if I'm able to do something like that, I am, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you, like, is there an,
1: an inherent stubbornness to you? Like, is, is stubborn something Yeah, that you would, would Yeah, there definitely, definitely is that. Like I was saying earlier, Um, my brother Mick is the exact same, and, and he was saying about me that um, someone telling me that I can't do it. it's like somebody pulling pull the car and I'm putting 20 quid of diesel in there. That just gives me the fuel to push on and prove them wrong, you know, and, and do it, like. So hearing that from someone helps me, if anything. For yeah, someone, that, I, someone that said there's no way you're going to do that, then I, I think that's great, gets me going, you know.
0: Yeah, I'd said that uh, to Michael before when I interviewed him because I, after I think he had run Ma- uh, Manchester, he had posted something on social media and it, it didn't quite go his way that day, but he posted online, you know, there'll be a lot of people glad to see this today. And
1: yeah, I'd,
0: I had asked him in a sense, like, who are you talking about? And he says, no one in particular, I just need. That, yeah even, yeah, even the idea in his mind that there's a group of people out there thinking yeah. he can't do this is enough to fuel him. Uh, fuel, I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I spoke to Damien Rooney before, and again, there was nobody in particular, but he, he needed that 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 enemy somewhere, whether it be real or yeah. not. He need you know, people, doubters out there that were saying you can't do this, and that was it a fuel just it
1: gives you that we push, it gives you that push to keep going and to yeah. prove them wrong, you know, and, and to pr- more so to prove yourself as well, to prove that. Like I, I, had, I had doubts thinking, geez, I don't know. And, and it, was, it was to prove myself as well that I could do it and I could push on and par through it. Like, you know,
0: that yeah. was all part of it as well. So when you get to, to close to the end, and, and firstly, I want to understand, because you'd said in, in what I had read, is that at points along the way where you found it very difficult, Alfred Pentney was a huge motivator for you. You kept thinking about him yeah.
1: and, and that pushed yeah. you along. Um, the main thing, yeah. Yeah, it was more so like people were saying that the challenge that I had was incredible and and stuff like that. But the challenges that Alfie has every single day, you know, yeah. and they're not going away. I finished my challenge and that was it. You know, it was done. Alfie has, Alfie has challenges every day. He has to get up and keep pushing forward. And they're getting harder every day as he goes mm-hmm. on, you know. And you need to, th- like, I had to keep that in my head. I was thinking, like, he, he's stronger than I am. You know, he's pushing through every day getting through the day with a smile on his face. So if he can do that, I can do this. You know, that was, he kept me motivated as well. Like,
0: Yeah. I love that, that saying that not all superheroes wear capes, but yeah. I think <laughs> some superheroes wear uh, Newcastle jerseys. Cause I understand he's a, yeah. he's a Newcastle fan. He is. Uh, yeah. Big and old. he is remarkable. Uh, I mean, obviously I don't know the young fella. I think I know his mom, um, I think she, she might have lived up close to Church Street when she was growing up, Yeah. close yeah. to us. But, I mean, for a young lad to demonstrate remarkable strength, bravery, courage, uh, I watched a, a, a small piece on Facebook where he's being interviewed. He's at the boxing club because he, he enjoys to go sparring and stuff.
1: Oh, he does, and, yeah.
0: And he, he's remarkably vibrant and um, an intelligent young wee lad. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And I think, like you said, like, the fight that he has is much tougher than the hundred eight miles. Yeah, I think it, yeah. Uh, and it's hugely inspiring, you know. Yeah, he
1: definitely—he really is. He's a great wee lad, and like he's always gonna smile. A few times we were up at the house, and I took my daughter Sophia up to meet him, and he was real. He was so kind to her, and he was having the crack, and he, he's mad. He's great crack, like he's—he's a, he's a hitter. He's great. He's a he, he brilliant crack out of him, yeah. And um but he just he just shows up every day and he, he's got a smile on his face and he just pushes on you know, yeah. so it was he, great it was great to be able to help him in a small way even you know just to yeah. just to be able to help him out that first treatment and stuff.
0: Like it, it, it's hugely inspirational what you did, Um but when you look at someone like Alfie, he probably isn't all too aware of how hugely inspiring he is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. I'd seen in something that I read that uh, he hopes to play for uh, Newcastle in the Champions League. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. So when when you get to, to, to that finish line or you know, and you you see those people there waiting for
1: you, and I think uh, Alfie joined you to, to run that last stretch. He did, um, yeah. I, I'd said to Neve... I'd say to Niamh, I didn't want to say it to Alfie's mum and dad in case they hadn't planned take them to take the whole way to Dublin. You know, I wouldn't expect them. But I I remember saying to just wouldn't it be great for myself and Alfie to cross the line together? You know, and there he was. He was starting at the, just around right the corner from the finish line. And he came along and he, he, we held hands, myself and Alfie, and we ran through the finish line together. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And it was yeah. it was great to be able to help him in that small way, you know, just to, just to give them some sort of help. That's it remarkable like
0: because it had... I'd seen, and I think it was part of the Democrat piece that they done on you. Like, obviously, Alfie goes every three, four months. Or I think it's four months to, to the US yeah. to receive treatment, and it costs anywhere between thirteen and fourteen thousand American dollars. Yeah, it's a lot of
1: money. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and you can imagine as a father now yourself, like who who has that kind of money?
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah,
0: available to them at any one time. Not to mention that you need it every four months.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you raised, and I i think at the time when you were interviewed, it was about four grand, but I think ultimately it ended up well over five.
1: Yeah, it actually ended up, I think it was just below eight. It oh. could have been, it was over seven. It was, I can't really remember off the top of my head. It was in around, could have been seven and a half or something like that, you know, between seven and eight thousand it was like. And it was only really, it was only really... As I started the run, I think on the way to Belfast that day, I think we'd only maybe two grand or something. And I thought that was amazing, you know. It was more so, I have to say now, it was more so my wife, Niamh. She was sort of behind that end of it, as I wouldn't be greater than anything like that. And phones and stuff, like that, that wouldn't be my thing, you know. I put the runners on and go. And she sort of she sort of looked after the, the fundraising part of it, you know. So she has to get a bit of credit there too, you know. And... Um, so she was looking after that and I remember driving down the road to Belfast before we started that day and she says, you're, you're reaching 2,000 here, we're flying, you know. And it was only, she was putting live updates up after, like say, 10 mile, 20 mile, 30 mile, you know, right through the night and it was only really, I think, when people realised how crazy it was that it just it just took off and So as as from I started the run till I finished it, obviously it had just lifted thousands so it was only as as we were in the middle of it that it was just going up and up and up. And if I'd stop for a drink or something to change footwear or something, that Nave was saying it just went up another thousand, there's another five hundred it's just was just going and going and going. So it was brilliant. And that kept me motivated as well. Yeah, that's
0: why that's why I want to understand that because it ha it, it has to be a huge motivator. It's one thing to know at the start of it that I've got two grand, which is wonderful in itself, yeah, but amazing. to keep you running and keep you moving like to give you those updates, I'm sure that was an uplifting thing to to yeah, hear. Yeah, it
1: was, and and Nave knew that, and that's why she was doing it, you know. And she was posting different things, uh, like on Facebook, and that because there was a lot of people. There was a lot, I have to say, the people in Yurri and people I work with, and Nave worked with, and works with, and everybody like they, they were all so good and so supportive and stuff, you know. And so she was sort of keeping live updates and stuff, and she had put up a post saying that we're so far away from Newry. And when I came into Kyon and and the Newry, the crowd of people that was there, Newry people, obviously, to to support me, you know, it gave me such a lift, you know, to, to to keep going. It was brilliant, great support. And with raising the money, obviously, it was brilliant as well. Like,
0: Yeah, no, absolutely fair play to you, man. That's incredible. Not only to have raised the money that you raised, but to have done what you did. Yeah. Um, I mean I in my mind I'm trying to put it in context because like I said before, I've recently just hit the five K mark and I think I did five K on, on Thursday, say, for example, and then right. Friday I did it again. But come Saturday, I was like, I'm I can't physically go out and run again because yeah. my legs are stiff and gone, so I'm gonna win.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: But you know, that five K relative to what you run is insignificant and, and
1: yeah, it's only really yeah. I, I, I seem to forget sometimes. I seem to forget now that I haven't been doing much running in the past couple of months and I got married, we're on holidays and different things there. It's only really now like like so now I'm speaking to you that I'm I'm thinking back, oh Jesus 100 mile, you know. And like I, I don't pray I don't think I'm anyway different than anybody else. I don't think I just in my head I sort of think I just winged it, you know, and and like I don't I, would, you've I don't have much, been... I wouldn't have much confidence in myself, if you know what I mean. I wouldn't I don't think I'm any different than you or anybody else. Like it just seemed to tip away. I was able to keep pushing to do it somehow, you know.
0: But there is, uh, you know, and and it's a wonderful quality to have is is modesty and humility You yeah. know, you don't blow your own horn. But there obviously is something deep inside you. It's like there's a no quit. Like, I, I yeah.
1: As Mick mentioned, I think it's uh, the stubbornness <laughs> yeah. just keeps you going, and obviously you do a bit of training, and we're we're fitting off like to the to back it, like you know.
0: How, how uplifting and, and and inspirational, and because obviously you can relate to to Alfie's parents now that you're a father. Yeah, uh, and I think that you'd said something like, if you were in their position,
1: exactly. It, yeah, it was it was. Uh, it was more so like whenever we had our daughter, Sophia, she's almost four now. It was really from what you had heard that these things were in my head, you know, that I would love to do something to help to help a, a young child that needed the help because like if someone done that for us, I'd be very, very grateful, you know. And like it would be great to have the support from, from other people or whatever, you know, if we needed it. So having a daughter of my own, that's what that's what drive me on to, to do that, you know. Because I I would just put put the shoe in the other foot, you know, and think I would love the help from anybody that was willing to give it, you know. So it was that it was that that was a big push for me as well to help yeah. Alfie, you know.
0: You've you've said it. I mean, the people of Newry are are remarkable. Um, yeah. and I, I'd watched that small clip where Alfie's talking and his father are talking, and his his father explains uh, essentially that if you need help, reach out because there are people that will help.
1: Yeah, you that's know, very true. Yeah.
0: Um. And I think that's, that's a wonderful quality of the people in Like, I don't think you can drive through Newry at any day throughout the year where there's not someone on the street with a bucket collecting. Yeah, money for yeah that's um, brilliant. And I, I mean, I'm sure potentially it happens in other towns and cities across Ireland, but I've never seen it before. Yeah. It's, and I, you know, I talked to Colly Bell and he essentially said the same thing.
1: Yeah, like whenever we, when we done that, when we done the run, like when I done the run and um, we were raising the money and all, I was completely blown away by the, the people and the generosity of people like around Newry and different ones, like people I haven't even met, like, you know, people that I don't, I don't even know. And maybe that Alfie doesn't know and just, just were willing to help, you know, think you're doing something to help so they can do something to help, you know, it was brilliant. I was blown away by the support and generosity from people in Newry and, and everywhere else, you know, brilliant. Yeah.
0: Unbelievable. I mean, your brother can testify to this as well. I mean, i seen that recently he just uh, raised money before, you know, it's kind of insane because I think he, he ran a thousand miles in in the build-up to, I don't know if it was Berlin. Berlin, ran, yeah.
1: It was Berlin, yeah.
0: And the thousand miles he did before Berlin, he had raised money for motor Neuron disease and particularly yeah. for Marty Lynch.
1: Marty Lynch, yeah.
0: And then obviously me and michael talked about it before you know with respect to his his twin boys you know he raised an incredible amount of money as well um, yeah,
1: i think he raised over yeah. ten thousand pound, i think for for the the children's unit and stuff yeah I, I was up with him when he done that i was running around with him you know and he raised a remarkable amount of money as well like and that was the back end of the newry people as well it's it's amazing like you know and oh, yeah. he, he, we we get sort of a Sense of like achievement, you know, where that and helping people. It, it's obviously you know yourself. It's great. It's great uh, if you are going to do something mental and crazy like that. Like, why not? Why not help someone along the way when you're doing it? You know,
0: absolutely. Uh, I can't remember how long it it is now, but me and me and my brother, our fellow, we we cycled from Belfast. That's to right. Dund- I,
1: remember, I remember that.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'd done a fair bit of cycling in, in the build up to it, and um. I think in all, we did about 112 miles. Um, so we cycled so, yeah. from Belfast City Hall to the GPO uh, in Dublin. And it was for Kevin Bell, and potentially Peps or something, but Ke- uh, Sean Bell, Kevin's brother, was there waiting for us at the GPO. So yeah. it was a remarkable sense of achievement.
1: Oh, it's brilliant, yeah.
0: My wife and daughter were there. We only had one child at the time. And so my wife picked picked us up just across from the GPO and I get into the car and within 10 minutes I passed out. I, I literally yeah. <laughs> but my our fella, he's sitting on the back texting away and posting things and like it hadn't taken a flinch out of him. And I, I had yeah. all busted myself just to finish. Uh and there he's sitting as lively as could be in the back seat, texting and, and
1: posting it. That's brilliant. That was brilliant. Yeah, it's but it's I a great can't... feeling though. It is a great it's a great feeling to do something like that to help out, and obviously to put yourself through that, you know, because it's not like what you've done. It's not easy, and what what I done and what Mick done that time. it Like it's not it's very far from easy to do any of them things. Like you put yourself through a little pain and suffering, you know. But it's it's a nice feeling to help out in some way, you know.
0: Is is there any part of your wife, Neve, that thinks, oh no, what's he going to do next?
1: yeah 100 percent, and that's, that's another thing I, I wanted to say um like no matter what i say she, she backs me all the way you know and like even if you said her here nave i think i'm gonna i'm gonna run for 24 hours i need you to drive alongside me and feed me and change my runners and stuff she's just yeah no problem that's good you know she, she knows i've got that edge of me like you know and she supports it like you know she's so brilliant
0: yeah i have that same impulse and I fuck I can't imagine that I would ever look to do 108 miles, but I have that like, never neat, like, never <laughs> <laughs> but I remember texting our fella on a Wednesday night or whatever the fuck it was, I was off, but I'd said, listen, do you fancy driving first thing in the morning to Galway or Mayo, wherever um, Coke Patrick is, and we'll climb Coke Patrick, get in the car and then drive all the way back and I think he's got the same quality he was like, oh fuck sure, what yeah. time you he pick me up at, there's literally, there's no thought, <laughs> thought in him that he's going to say no um,
1: it must be a fox thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's it's in the, it's in the blood. Um, yeah. So so what's next? I mean, obviously you, you've got married and all, and you can be forgiven for taking time away. But yeah. you know, no one no one knew and what you've done and what you have achieved. Like you're obviously not. Oh yeah, it's, st- it's definitely
1: it's definitely going to be more to come. Yeah, like. Like, uh, uh, I love to help out, you know, and, and I love the charity events. And I, I get more like I've run, i run martins obviously, and had PBs and broke the three r barrier and things like that. But I get more sense of achievement and enjoy more like doing something crazy like that and raising money for someone and for a charity or to help someone out, you know. So I don't know, I haven't planned anything yet, but there, there, there will be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there'll be more yeah. to come, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it's truly remarkable, and I didn't want to not talk about Alfie's condition because anybody that that potentially watches this, uh, myself included. I, I, I mean, obviously being from Newry, you're probably and most of us are fully aware of Alfie and you know the effort to raise as much money as possible. But I didn't have a, a real or any understanding of of the condition itself. Um, yeah. And I, I wasn't aware how severe and life-limiting the condition can be. Yeah. Um, um, which, I, I guess, puts a lot of things in perspective. Um absolutely, well, I'd, yeah. I'd watched uh, that same video, you know, Alfie and his father in the boxing club talking. And at the very end, uh, there's, there's a part where I think Alfie's mum is either taking his gloves off or putting them on. And she's got a smile from ear to ear. Yeah. You can, you can see immense love and pride. Yeah. Um, and as a parent myself, you know, I think we're all very fortunate. And you take for granted that when your child's born, they're healthy. And yeah,
1: yeah. We, we don't you really how so lucky we are, like, for, uh, for, that, for that reason.
0: So, I mean, to put things in perspective um, for me, and, you know, I'd seen something she'd, she'd written on Facebook and she'd said that that date in particular was the hardest day of her life. You know, when you're given that kind of bad news, you know, because in life, if you're healthy and everything goes well, there's no, or at least the, the horizon of your life is so far away that you never think you'll get there, you know? Yeah. But but if you can imagine your son or daughter and there's a very clear horizon on your life, that has yeah. to be incredibly Terrifying. Um, so, I think people like you that are out there and willing to sacrifice to raise money for such a worthy cause um, is is wonderful. And yeah. I mean, all too often that humility and modesty, and you, you probably don't give yourself enough credit for what you've done.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. And, but it's like it's like what you said. It's just like what you said about being a father yourself. And it was it was only really when I started to think that like I we don't we take for granted how how lucky we are that, that obviously your kids and my daughter is healthy and well and and don't have issues like that but it's it's only when you start to think about it then like you realize how lucky you are and if you can do something like what we've done to to help someone that's not as fortunate as us you know to to, to help them in any way at all is it, brilliant like and it's, it's something that I like to do you know and
0: yeah we, we don't sing appraises enough, and it's probably a good thing because nobody likes that person that never shuts up about themselves. You know? so <laughs> yeah. That's that's irritating in itself. But I think when you do something remarkable, you should give yourself all credit and, and allow yourself a moment just to say, well done. Um, because it's very clear the impact that people like you and, and others that are raising money for Alfie, the impact that you're having. Because i would seen his mom, Colleen, had said that without the treatment he's receiving... Yeah. Or or with the treatment that he's receiving? He's defying all odds because all the people his age with the same condition are essentially in a wheelchair
1: at this stage. In a wheel, exactly or, that's the, that's the thing like his mum and dad they're, they're brilliant you know they they're brilliant they, they don't stop they just keep going and doing different things and his mum um calling she does crazy things as well you know to try and raise money for him mm-hmm. and like they they have said to me how grateful like they were so grateful that I like I didn't even know them and yeah. um, Jamie, Jamie had mentioned that he said that like I reached out to them they didn't come and ask me to do anything they, they didn't even they'd never met me and I'd never met them and I sort of I reached out to them and just told them one day that um, it was actually Charlie Patney they got me in touch with them and he um he rang um Alfie's mum and I just came on the phone and I just told her what I was going to do. And she just says, "You lunatic, you know, and uh, far away. is And I said, it's five weeks. And she, she couldn't believe it, but they were so grateful. They really, really were so grateful uh, of the help that we tried to give them. You know,
0: they yeah. were, they
1: were very, very grateful.
0: They, they were, they were very vocal in their praise. I mean, i seen a Facebook post that they had um, where they said that they were effectively totally blown away with this man's guts and determination um, <laughs> Yeah, but I think in order to do incredible things, there has to be—you have to be a little unstable mentally to do. Fucking oh, crazy things, Yeah, you know? yeah. Has, yeah. Um, you know, so we we talk we, about mental health, but I think you have to be a little unstable and not. You have to well.
1: be a wee bit wobbly. <laughs> yeah, like I admit, uh, A lot of my mates be, be saying to me like, "What the, What is going on? What, what are you be thinking?" Because a lot of the lads play football and that, you know, and, and they're been a, They go for an hour's training. They'll have to run for maybe fifteen minutes of it and they're to me, How the fuck do you enjoy that? How like why do you do that to yourself? You know, they, they actually can't understand. They don't understand why why you would do something like that. You know, but, but obviously it, it's only people it's only people that do it, but if, even like yourself there, you know, going for your runs, it's only people that do it and you know, get some sense of enjoyment out of it. And the challenge, obviously. You know, you like a challenge. Everybody likes a challenge like
0: But it goes back to what I was saying, that there is an element of it that you maybe students enjoyed the pain or the misery. Like there is a yeah. part of that where it's like, I'm suffering here, but the reward at the end of it all. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's that, that little thing I posted in my story on Facebook, it was a picture of you and it was a quote from Eric Thomas. Um, and it says at the end of pain is success. You know, yeah. you might suffer, but ultimately at the
1: end of it, you're gonna, You're gonna win, yeah, yeah, and it's sort of. Uh, that's the, the sort of the thing that pushes you on. It's kind of, it's kind of like the thought of there's not that many other people can do this, and I don't know if I can do it, but I'm gonna give it a good go, you know. And that, and that's sort of the, that's the difference of it. Like, like it's sort of you thinking to yourself, there's not that many people that, that's out doing this here, so it sort of drives you on a wee bit, you know, to to, to do it, like to complete it yourself.
0: I mean, very often I quote. TV shows and stuff to 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 support my point, but there's Father Ted and uh, <laughs> Father Ted buys Mrs Doyle a a, a tea making machine uh, because he wants to take the, the the pressure and the and the hassle away from her for having to make tea. Yeah. But I think she says to herself, maybe I maybe I enjoy the misery, you know? Maybe she she exactly, likes yeah. the misery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But again, like I can't speak highly enough of you, but. When, when I look at running in particular, and, and my two sisters have just done the Great North Run, yeah, well, yes. to raise money for uh, Diabetes UK because my my sister is type one diabetes, um, and they did remarkable. My sister can't get enough of it. She told me like it is truly addictive. I'd always played football before, and I was you know up until my twenties I was in good condition, um, but. I, there's a twenty year gap there where I've done nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I, I there isn't an addictive an addictiveness to it because and she had told me that. But now when I don't run, it's I mean the app that I'm following, I'm listening to Steve Cram, the English or the Newcastle runner that was a famous Olympian and British runner, but um he tells you to take a day off, you know. But I'm actually at a point now. I don't want to take a day off because I feel like I don't. don't want I know
1: exactly. Yeah, you don't want it because that day you don't feel as good. Exactly. You don't feel as good. You don't feel as energy. Uh, like you don't have as much energy and stuff. And you don't. You don't feel like you've done something then if you haven't done it.
0: Yeah. I know not um, it,
1: Yeah, it's brilliant.
0: How difficult is that for for someone like you, or, or I mean, you can probably speak for Michael. Um, to, to, yeah. to 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 set the tools down, put your shoes away, and, and not run. How difficult is that?
1: Yeah, well, I have to say now, like I, I would be nowhere near in the league of, of Michael. Like the way, in regards to training and effort and work that he puts in, like I'll go through a phase or, where like if I'm on the lead up to a marathon, I'll train hard. You know, I could, I could do six months training and racing and running and and then I can easily do three months of doing that and I find that very easy as well. I enjoy that like you know having a beer and going mm-hmm. out for a meal and just relaxing, you know, and family time and that because there's a there's a lot of sacrifice, you know with the likes of Michael there, like he's now a 224 marathon runner like absolutely insane and, and that doesn't come easy. Like so the sacrifices that he has and stuff like that, like he has to give up a lot of things like for, for to do that and put some work in like he he does not take a day off he doesn't take a day off yeah. ever and like there'll be different things there family events and that and me and Paul and Stephen the other two brothers would will be standing there having a beer and jamming as much cake in this as we can and Mick will be standing in the corner saying I've just done 20 miles you know and I'm not going to bother with the beer so he has to sacrifice an awful lot you know and he puts a, puts a serious amount of work in like
0: I think he enjoys, in part, making the rest of us feel bad. You think that's...
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that could be part of it. Yeah, yeah I think that I, could I,
0: be a big part of it. I went hiking here one day in Switzerland with uh, my boss, a Danish fella, and his friend, another Danish guy. And we went up, we took the cable car so many thousand feet up, and then we hiked the rest. So we obviously cut corners. But I'm coming back down and I'm texting Michael, uh, and he's training in advance of the Dublin Marathon. And he he says, you know, I'm doing wonderful, I'm, you know, running every day. And he sends me a picture, and he's no top on. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, man, it it made me feel this small or this big. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, the man um, was absolutely ripped, and yeah. here I am. I actually text him. It's like I'm struggling to get off a of mountain here because <laughs> my legs have gone. I've no energy left, um, and this man's just looking like an absolute machine.
1: Um, yeah, and he, he does think, Mick, Mick, he knows how I work, like, you know, myself and Mick, all of, all of us uh, four brothers, like, we're all very close, you know, and mm-hmm. um, we know everything about each other, like, whereas Mick, me myself and Mick would, uh, with the running, would always be, like, a bit closer in regards to the running and stuff and training together, and he, like any runs or Martins I would have done, he would treat me, like, sort of, he would have been my coach leading me, you know, to do things and helping me out and stuff, and he would say to me there now, and, and again, you know, if I'm not doing much training, he knows exactly what buttons to press. And he'd look at me and he'd say, this, Jesus, that's the biggest you've been in a while, isn't it? The biggest and he know he knows he knows that that's gonna set a trigger. And the next morning I'll have the gear on, i would I'll, I'll be out running and he'd be laughing saying, that I knew rightly what was gonna happen there, you know. He knows what to do to get you going again, like. Make you feel like you said, it makes you feel this small and then gets you back on track, like.
0: I think you're very lucky uh, in so much as that you have that relationship with him, and yeah, you ha- you have running in common. Uh, and I suppose Mick being your older brother, there's no better role model than than having somebody that does the same thing uh, and sets a wonderful example. But away from Mick, like who else? Where else do you draw motivation from? Like when you when you set yourself goals?
1: Uh, there's a few. There's other lads we we train with there, and it's it's more so. Myself, it's more so challenging. Challenging myself, you know, and trying to get myself better than I was the day before, you know, that sort of thing. Like, and obviously, Mick, Mick would be a massive motivator for for me, like, to keep me going. But that's really, it's really just myself to to be better than I was, you know, and try and get myself back on track and back in shape and different things, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, I wish I had that strength. I mean, part of me, when I get into a particular like uh, space, I will motivate myself because. You know, I'll feel like, guilt. like I said, I want to run every day now. And when I don't, yeah. I beat myself up. But I equally like that supplemental um, motivation and support. So I listen to particular, like, motivational speakers, Eric Thomas, David Goggins, yeah. um, and different people like that. And for whatever reason, I like, when I run, I like to listen to hardcore gangster rap.
1: Yeah. I can't, ex- I can't explain it, works, yeah. it, but
0: that's yeah. what motivates
1: me. If it works for you, go for yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like there, this past, this past me while now, I've just only this past really three weeks because obviously I had our wedding and holidays and different things. I've just started to get back in the swing of it, like training. I still have a long way to go to get back on track, you know. And I've entered a few different half marathons and marathons there just to motivate me to keep me going. But like there's a few lads I work with there, and they be saying, I work in Dublin as a carpenter, like, and I, I leave the house here around between five and half five in the morning to go and do a 12 hour day at work. And if I want to run in the morning, um, I'm setting my alarm for half three in the morning and I'm running around the roads at four, four o'clock in the morning and the lads I work with be saying, what the fuck is wrong with you, you know? And the like, days that I don't do it, I'm running about and I'm tired and I'm bad form. The mornings to get up and go from a run, may only be four or five miles just to get it in. It sets you up for the day, you know? It just, I don't understand that, just,
0: just, just out of interest, because like, you're talking about those guys and they're thinking about you, what the fuck's wrong with him? But is, is there an element... That, where <laughs> you're th- you're
1: thinking uh, actually what the fuck's wrong with you that you're not exactly wrong with you. yeah they' then the spoken a like, that maybe you know what the fuck I said there's fucking nothing wrong with me
0: either.
1: yeah exactly, yeah yeah uh, that's that's the thoughts you have yeah
0: so I, for
1: some reason now
0: and I don't know why it's validation or something but now that I've got the five k. I mean, I'm going to continue to run, but I don't have yeah. any clear, clear end goal. But for some reason, I want to compete in some – not compete. I'll take that word out of it because I'm not looking to race anybody. But I want to run an official 5K, 10K. Yeah. And I think – and my sister talks about this, and she's kind of planned out 2024 for herself because there's milestones along the way. She set herself targets, yeah. and it gives you something to work towards. But say, say, you, say you don't have those things booked and planned. I mean, are you someone that can still just get out and run and run with no end goal?
1: I can, I, I can, yeah. I, like if I, if I if I get myself into a, into a phase where I'm training, you know, and I'm and I'm I'm into it, like like the past three weeks there is as we, but like you say, like I never done really hardly any running there for two three months, very very little, like. And just this past three weeks there, I've had one day off, one day where I didn't run and I didn't feel great that day, like you were saying, and it's now there. Like I said, the Eve, I'm I'm running today, run tomorrow, you know, I'm just going every day, I don't want to take a day off now, you sort of get into the rhythm of it, and like, but I'm, I'm sort of like yourself as well, I, I like to have a goal, whereas like for example, Mick, Mick just runs, runs, runs every single day, he doesn't, he doesn't switch off, like he doesn't switch off, whereas I like to have a, like if I go through a phase of a month or two, with no training, I'll just go on and enter a marathon, or I have no choice, I have to get off the couch and go for a run, you know, it, it gives me the push yeah. to, I like to have a goal. I like to have uh, something to aim for. If you know what I mean, just something yeah, can, to get me I going. I Appreciate
0: that. For some reason, I'm running and, and I plan. Like I've set myself a goal. I've hit 5k. So by the end of January, I want to hit 10k. Which I, I think is a reasonable goal to set myself. But for some Fair reason, it, yeah. like my sister, I want to c- compete or run in like an official thing. I, I yeah. guess it's it, it's it's recognition of your of your effort and and the kind of work you've put in. Uh, yeah, I guess there's a reward
1: in it. I mean, you don't necessarily need it. I would definitely, I, I would definitely advise it. I would recommend, I would recommend you do that because you really, really will enjoy it. And like you said, there, it gives you, it gives you a goal. You know, it's, it's setting yourself a goal, and you're gonna work, you're gonna work, you'll work harder. You know, you're gonna work harder to, to to get there, and you really will enjoy it. And like your sisters, you'll get the bug, and you'll be looking looking ahead for the next one. You know, that's that, what
0: happens. Uh, I I am and. Uh, not that I'm surprised by, because I've, I've I've always heard the benefits of running uh, and what it does in particular for mental health. And I, yeah. I mean, anybody that that doesn't run, I would advise it. Yeah, I think yeah. It does wonderful things. And there's a there's a real sense of community. Uh, my sister belongs to these pages on Facebook now, and uh, there's there's chats and all sorts of wonderful things. Uh, and I think it's there's a lot to be gained from it. Yeah. Um, but what what's what's next for you then? Realistically, I mean. I would imagine you're going to compete again at half marathons and stuff, but do you you foresee a point where there's going to be something crazy again? Like a hundred percent or more?
1: hundred percent, yeah. And I I would say, like, my brother Michael would like to hear this because he likes likes to get me on track and aiming for times and stuff like that, but I've entered the Oma half marathon and Belfast marathon next year, so sort of aiming towards them, but there'll definitely be uh, a more extreme challenge like coming up, I would say, Next year, definitely next year. Something, and I would aim for. It'll be more than I've done before, put it that
0: way. Yeah. It's, so we'll try
1: and push it a wee bit further again, you know. And obviously, yeah. obviously, um, it'll be for charity again, you know, because if you can help someone, why not, you know? Yeah. And just, just another thing, like I didn't mention, as I mentioned it briefly, but doing that run only for, only for my crew, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have finished it, hundred percent, hands down. I can admit that. That only they were there. To help me the whole way. They never left my side from we left Belfast and we got to Dublin. My wife and mum and aunt and uncle and Davies the Uncle. The, only for them uh, I wouldn't have kept going like.
0: Yeah. I I mean, as it relates to your wife, I mean there's that old adage that behind every great man there's an even greater woman. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you're fortunate enough to have someone like that, um you're you're blessed. Um yeah, I mean, absolutely remarkable. Um there is a breed of people like you. Like these (laughs) endurance and ultra marathon runners that the rest of us can't really relate to because it's a lot of what you do just seems incredibly far fetched and not physically possible. But until you you do it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Until you do it,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched upon it. You don't see yourself any different than anybody else, but there's just
1: not in any way
0: a stubbornness in you that. You know, obviously there's the, there's a the negative stubbornness that can cause problems, but there's that positive side to stubbornness that can yeah. achieve and do wonderful things. Um, and I think sometimes you have to listen to that voice, and maybe not enough people do. We're yeah. we're too quick to put obstacles in the in in the way as to why we shouldn't do something. But again, it goes back to that guy that was hungover during that exam, uh, where he says. Why not? Why not? <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah.
1: Good. yeah.
0: Uh, Marty, I'll not t- take any more of your time up, um, but I I really appreciate you talking to me, and I, th- I hope in somewhere, people watching this, it it highlights you and what you've done, because it, it is monumental to run one hundred and seventy three k in under twenty three hours is 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 unbelievable. Quite quite frankly, yeah. um, um, I think you know that that. <sighs> It must be that there's something in the fox DNA. <laughs> yeah, <You're
1: laughs> the in head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um,
0: I, I just one last thing before I let you go. Like I remember texting you and saying, "Listen, would you like to, you know, be on an episode of of my podcast?" Um, yeah. And I'd asked you for a picture so I could post it on the on the little poster I was making, and I and you'd said, "Let me look for one." And i had said basically just send me one that shows your good side, Uh and you had said. <laughs> Actually, I have two bad sides. Yeah. I, thought, I thought to myself, "That little handsome little bastard." <laughs> there's, there's not a bad side to him. Um, yeah, we're all thankfully all us foxmen are are are, are blessed with good looks. Oh
1: yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah,
0: but uh, it's been a pleasure. Um
1: Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Damien. It's been uh, I was honoured when you asked, and I appreciate you having me on. It's brilliant.